podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Humans of Speedway. And in this episode, we look towards the future with one of the rising stars of the Speedway world. In his short time in the UK, he's won back-to-back League and Cup titles with the Pool Pirates. And in 2024, he'll be the Pirates' captain. Very pleased to welcome to Humans of Speedway, Ben Cook. I bought an engine just before I went back home up to last year for the Aussie titles and, uh, yeah, pulled it out of the box and put it back in, labelled it up to send home and uh, that was the last I seen of it. I didn't even get to use it, so it's the worst nightmare, but obviously invested in the little Apple Air tags there just a peace of mind. If it does go missing, you know, you know where it is at least. We're going to get to find out more about the life of the Pool Pirates captain, what he gets up to when he's not on the speedway track, the journey that Australian riders have to go on in order to find a club place in Europe to further their careers. And he'll also tell us about his dream speedway meeting as well, including who'd make his all-time 1-7. to All on the way in this episode of Humans of Speedway. Welcome to another episode of Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan and uh, looking forward to chatting with our guest in this episode, Ben Cook, and uh, talking about what it's like moving from one side of the world to the other as a a young guy trying to make your way in Speedway and all the things that are involved. Before we crack on with that, though, a little bit of news for you regarding this podcast. Uh, All episodes are now available on YouTube uh, in audio format. We haven't put the full videos on because... You don't want to look at my face for an hour each time, do you? <laughs> but uh, we have got some clips on there. So follow our YouTube channel. Search for Humans of Speedway on YouTube. Follow that because uh, the podcast will be all on there and some clips as well of our interviews because uh, the, the clips kind of work better than the whole thing in, in vision, to be honest. Uh, certainly from my workload point of view. So they're on there now. Uh, look out for that. Um, and of course, it will continue to be on all other podcast apps as well. Some big episodes coming up. Like or subscribe on whichever app you listen to this on because you don't want to miss the episodes coming up, certainly between now and Christmas in 2023 and into 2024 as well. Some big big names i can't under understate how big the names are right uh, i will tell you uh, a little later on who they are but some juicy stuff but let's crack on with ben cook then ben has been a part of the pool pirates for the last few years back-to-back league and cup winner in the championship in 2021 and 2022 2023 pool pirates of course won the bsn series uh, just fell slightly short of the League and Cup in 23. And in 2024, Ben Cook will be the captain of the Pool Pirates. So a big promotion for him there that he was not aware of at the time of recording this interview, hence why we don't mention it. Uh, he also had his first season in the top league of British Speedway, the Sports Insure Premiership, where he raced for the Peterborough Panthers and was, was one of the standout youngsters in that league as well, without a shadow of doubt. So uh, we start off by talking uh, to Ben about that first season in the top league he's had to wait a little while his visa wouldn't allow him to double up uh, had to bide his time and then eventually got his chance and boy has he taken it yeah for sure uh one of just firstly yeah thanks for having me on here but the visas are they're uh, they're a nightmare for us aussie boys um yeah obviously uh i had a couple of opportunities that i could have guested uh for the that uh last year but my visa, I was still on a different kind of visa, and my brother Zach was on a on a newer one. And on the newer one, it allows you to 
uh, guest or ride in the top league and yeah my one it wouldn't it wouldn't allow me to so it was kind of frustrating you know uh, having an opportunity maybe to to show what I could do and I and I had couldn't do it um so yeah you know it was obviously tough because then at the end of the year I, I obviously wanted to ride in the top league and uh yeah they hadn't really seen you know how I would go against against those boys and it was a bit of a risk but um yeah I I've really enjoyed it this year obviously it's a bit of a shame that Peterborough uh, you know is no more and um yeah it was it was a great track great uh, great club and stadium really and um it was good and I'm thankful for them you know for uh, allowing me to get into that top league and and show what I can do and it's great that you're here now, and I'm, I'm sure that you will be uh, another star in, in 2024 in both leagues as well. Um, let's talk about you and where you came from, and you're from a place called Cowra in Australia, which um, I've had a look, and it's it's sort of out in the middle of nowhere there, Ben. Um, sort of outside Sydney, but a fair way out, like a good three or four hour journey <laughs> out a long long way I mean you know in the UK you'd be in an entirely different region uh let alone sort of a suburb so um talk to us about growing up there because you know as I say you're out in the sticks a little bit and and how Speedway came about for you but you come from an area of Australia New South Wales which has produced some you know big names in Speedway over the years Darcy Ward, Chris Holder, Jack Holder, of course. Now uh, Jason Crump from that area as well. So it's a, it's an area that's um, well versed in in bringing speedway talent to our attentions. Yeah, well, um, I started pretty much when I was about four years old on like a little Peeway fifty, and um, yeah, and then it kept kind of going from there. I, I raced like the the flat track bikes, the dirt track bikes. Um, Pretty much my whole whole life, you know, tra- tracing around the country, uh, many miles, and uh, yeah, I, I've done that, you know, till I was probably, oh, just before I come to England, really. I um, yeah, and that's where it pretty well started. Uh, being on a bike, um, yeah, won many Aussie titles and state titles on that, and then uh, yeah, when the junior kind of speedway, um kind of come up, uh, you know, Brady and, and Jack and, and Max Frick and there was a couple other boys were, you know, they were just a, probably a year, couple of years older than me and they were into that and doing that and I kind of had a go on that and really liked it. Um, it's one of them things, you know, it's it looks so easy but it's it's really not and, you know, even with experience from racing bikes my whole life, it was, it was, it was a new thing and, um, yeah, so I kind of got into that and, you know, there's not meetings every week. It's, you know, maybe once a month if you're lucky. And, um, yeah, kind of done a few of them and was liked it. And then I got onto, uh, onto the bigger one. There weren't 250s back when I was there. They were 350s. And, uh, yeah, done that for a few years and then got onto the 500. And, yeah, it's, it is, it is tough to kind of, keep progressing fast in Aussie you know there's not a whole lot of opportunity to race back in the day I mean there is more nowadays but back then you know it wasn't you know you have to travel a long way to to have a ride you know there was probably one at Nepean you know that was our closest near Sydney there and then uh other than that you're traveling six eight hours for for a meeting and uh so that was that was what we had to do and um yeah that 
there's to get a visa, you know, to come over here, you have to be in a, I think it was top four in the state title to um, be eligible for a visa. And then once you've got that, you know, you can then try and find a club over here. And uh, that in itself is a mission. You know, you had the boys coming back from England at that stage and uh, they were all wanting to ride the state title. So to get in the final was a um, a big uh, big challenge in itself. Um, so, yeah, it, you had to show that you could do it to um, be eligible to get that visa, and uh, I eventually got that. And, um, yeah, Matt Ford ended up uh, messaging me and uh, asking me if I would be interested in coming over here to pool, and, um, yeah, that's kind of where it all started, really. Yeah, and the rest is history, uh, as they say. But the scene in Australia, it's all about kind of one-off events, isn't it? There's not league racing. It's yeah, you've got the championships, but other than that, there, you know, it's like uh, the Jason Lyons Trophy or the, the Rob Wuffenden Cup and 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 these kind of events, which are a bit of a festival of speedway. You've got the different categories, so you'll have you know like the juniors, the two fifties. Uh, the 500s, they call it the solos, which is you know the individuals, but also the sidecars as well, of course. And the sidecars involve two guys, uh, or indeed, I don't know, females as well involved. And uh, you know that that is also that's a separate conversation. Sidecars, isn't it? Which we do see occasionally over here uh, on a speedway track because they go the opposite way round. Yeah, yeah, you know they've got they normally got the juniors and then the 250s and then us and then uh, sometimes the sidecars are on on as well so it's a it's a big day and it's uh, a big couple of days sometimes and uh yeah the track definitely gets a workout with the sidecars um going around the opposite way and uh, that used to be a bit of a uh, a curveball back in the day you know you'd be on the same time as the sidecars and the track would be a bit rough and yeah it was is a it really, um, you know, we had some tough, tough conditions sometimes when the boys, when those boys were out on the track. So, uh, yeah, so obviously we learnt to to really ride the bike. And um, but yeah, like you say, it's uh, there's a bit of a, you know, everything, you know, in one kind of meeting sometimes. And we think speedways, you know, me, a slightly crazy sport. But uh, you look at sidecars and, and all that, it's uh, that sometimes takes it up an extra, extra notch, doesn't it? Have you ever thought about having a go on one, uh, Ben? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if I'd be uh, really game to get on one, but um, they're a bit of a backyard build, some of them. But uh, yeah, they've got some power, them things, and uh, sound pretty cool. But yeah, like you say, you got to be... Um, I know there's some people say we've got to be half mad to do what we do, but those boys take the cake, I think, sometimes. And, um, yeah, they're, they're a different breed. So, yeah, certainly are. Let, let's go back to this conversation then about, you know, getting that visa and getting your opportunity to ride in the UK. You need to finish in the, the top few of the um, your state championships. And, of course, there's different states around Australia. You're in New South Wales previous winners i mean the last winner for the last what uh, five times is jack holder um rowan tungate brady kurt sam masters chris holder um todd wiltshire going back in time as well to uh, throw some uh, other names into it have all won this um that's of course winning it so this is the tournament you need to finish uh, high up in to initially get that first opportunity and that first visa to give you that ticket to to come and ride in uh, in British Speedway and, and follow in the footsteps of some of those riders. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we're out in New South Wales there. It's a, it's some really, you know, strong competition, like I was saying before, to get the visas, you know, in the top four and that. And, you know, you got the likes of, like you say, the Holder Boys and Brady and uh, uh, Tungay, Pickering, you know, all them boys come home and want to race it. And you was, you know, you've been home all year and you've done probably six meetings max and you've got to try and get a, a top four. It's It's tough against that you know and um sometimes you got to travel around and do some different state titles to get that to get that visa but yeah it's uh it is very strong competition and and for the Aussie title series you know it's probably one of the strongest lineups you know around other than you know the GP series really in my opinion uh it's a yeah it's a world-class field Certainly is going to be this year, isn't it? Uh, very strong indeed when you look at the riders competing. It's going to be a who's who of, of Australian Speedway. Uh, so once you've got your, um, you've got the visa and uh, and all that, and you're finishing the top four, is that it then? Are, are you all right for a number of years, or or do you have to? Obviously, going back to Australia now, are you going to have to then finish in the top four again to be able to come back here? Yeah, I don't have to know because uh, I mean it's it's yeah. Not some you have to get someone to know who really knows more about it, but I'm not really up on it. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure because I've held I think it's a five or a six point average. Uh, I mean, you, when you when you get your visa, I think it lasts three or four years, and then if you don't hold that certain average in that after that fourth year, you need to then try and get another state title. But uh, yeah, because I've held my average of what needs to be done, I'm pretty sure I'm sweet, so I don't have to worry about it. Which is good. One other thing you don't have to worry about. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot to it with all the visa stuff. It's it's a nightmare sometimes. But it is opportunity as well. And, you know, if you finish in that top four and you're an Australian rider, they're going to be battling out for that because obviously not only is the title online, but these opportunities to come and ride in Europe, come and ride in in Great Britain at the very least, uh, requires you to do well in these tournaments. So, you know, it's really about progressing your further career as well. Uh, Do you think that we'll be seeing some new names over in the UK as a result of these Australian championships? Some of those riders then qualify and... And then here you are, you're all of a sudden an option for a, a team manager or a promoter in the UK. Um, yeah, good question, to be honest. Um, I know there's a there's a few boys up in Queensland around, you know, with the Darcy's been helping. But, yeah, I mean, even some of these boys that are over in Poland doing the under-24 league and stuff like that, they don't, they don't even have a, a visa, so they they can't even race in England. So, I mean, I think some of them boys should be really pressing to try and uh, get a visa and uh, and to get over here and and to me to in my opinion I think it's a good idea that you have to be in kind of that top four because if you're not I mean it's not it's not cheap to come over here and and if you're running back of the pack and not many points you know it can start really costing into you so I feel you know if you're not up to that kind of standard and that's where you have to be to 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 make it all work really in my in my eyes so um I mean, there is a few boys, like I said, over there that probably are the next in line. But um, yeah, it's it's it is a tough gig to to get that placing. So yeah, yeah, it's a good question. 
And some big um, meetings coming up as well in Australia over the winter. We've talked about the Australian Championships, which is obviously your main focus, and, and uh, you know New South Wales. But also Darcy Ward's putting a few big ones on as well, isn't he? Including the uh, Centenary Championship, which, of course, Speedway 100 years old and originated in Australia. They put this big lineup together of some big stars, you know, Ty Woffenden, Jason Doyle, Max Frick, Dan Bewley. Uh, Jacob Hook, Adam Ellis, Rasmus Jensen, Chris Holder, Declan Kennedy, who's one of those upcoming names that uh, we touched on, um, Ryan Douglas, Rowan Tungate, Jamin Lidsey, Brady Kurtz, Keenan Rue, Sam Masters and Tate Zischk, uh, all coming through the ranks. And uh, that's going to be a big meeting. And the Oceana Championships as well, not sure if you're involved in that one, but that's, uh, again, going to have, uh, you know, almost like you say, a Grand Prix lineup. Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking good for the... For the off season, there's some big meetings coming up, and yeah, like you say, that hundredth anniversary meeting should be should be a good one, and uh, yeah, even the Aussie title series, it's it's going to be another solid setup again, and uh, everyone wants to win it, so you know it's it's good for even you guys over here can see some streams and stuff now, where, which is good. Like not back in the day, it was you, you didn't see much at all about it all, but it's been good with Darcy and a few other you know, people promoting the sport back home, and uh, which is good because, you know, we've got some good riders obviously out there and and it'd be good to see, you know, the Australian Speedway kind of grow a bit more and be a bit more, you know, seen, I suppose, to the world. And, uh, yeah, with those boys going back home to uh, to ride in a few meetings, it's, it's only a good thing, I'd say. Maybe a bit of disappointment that the Grand Prix didn't head to Australia this time round, but certainly it's on the agenda, you, you fancy, and, and that will be great once again to get you know, the very top-level event into somewhere in Australia. Yeah, let's hope so. You know, uh, it's been a few years now, and I, I mean, they've been talking about it for a couple of years as well, but yeah, I, to be honest, I, I know they were interested in in, um, in it coming back to, to Aussie, but... As far as, yeah, I don't know any more than that, to be honest. So, yeah, like like you said, hopefully it happens. It's only going to be a good thing and a good thing for Aussie Speedway as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to see that. Now, Australia is a very big place. And I think for many people in the United Kingdom who have not ventured there uh, and only see it on a map, maybe don't quite realise the scale. And there are some images online that you can see Australia superimposed onto Europe. And so from the West, the West Coast would be a good couple of hundred miles into the uh, Atlantic Ocean on the West side. And then through to the East, it goes across to the far side of Ukraine into Russia. And from the top point, you're talking the Arctic Circle. And from the bottom, you're sort of in line with Spain and Turkey. So you can imagine that. That's how big Australia is. A big place. Now, as a speedway rider, you you have to travel around this in about, what, space about 10 days or so, covering thousands and thousands of miles. Uh, and it's, it's a long way to cover, you know, uh, to, to, to do that. Obviously, a lot of this stuff has to go by land. You can maybe go by plane for some of it, but a lot of it goes by land. And I think Josh Pickering said it was something like 3,000 kilometres. It's, uh, it's a long old way. Yeah, Pickering's a little stats man, you'd know. But yeah, it's, man, it's from Brisbane all the way down to the bottom in Adelaide. It's uh, like 24 hours or something in between. And uh, yeah, five, five different tracks and uh, yeah, over 10, 12 days or whatever it is. So there's a lot, a lot of miles to be covered, and um, yeah, it, it's, it is pretty cool, you know. Everyone's going, 
in a big convoy really, you know, neck to the next place and and so on. So yeah, it's it's where about where I live it's kinda in between, which is not too bad. So uh we kinda head up into the Brisbane first and then work our way kinda back down and uh yeah, end up in Adelaide and yeah, it like you say, it's a it's a big uh big mission, you know, you're carrying a lot of tires between me and Zach. Obviously we've got obviously four four tires or whatever it is a meeting and uh times two. So you're carrying a lot of stuff around and uh yeah, we kind of just probably well, it's I haven't really made up a bit of a plan yet, but I probably try and stop at home, you know, a couple of times and do bikes there and uh reload with everything and keep going on the road again. So yeah, hopefully make it past the first round, like unlike last year. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I think what might also be surprising is that you are, you don't have bikes ready and waiting for you there. So your bike or some of your gear needs to go from the UK back to Australia for you to ride over there. So what are you doing? Are you sending whole bikes back, or just engines, or or how's it all work? The logistics. Yeah, send engines and two engines back home and obviously carbies and gear bags and, yeah, it becomes pretty expensive, you know. It's not cheap to send engines. Uh, send them home and then send them back, you know. it's Every year it is it is a big cost, but uh, unfortunately last year, you know, I, I sent an engine home and it didn't make it home and it's still gone. I lost an engine in the process. So, yeah, little Apple AirTags, they're, uh, they're a saviour this year. They're going in and be able to track it and wherever it goes but it's always a bit of a relief when you when you see them turn up or either end uh, it's uh one less hassle you, you got to worry about well so hang on a minute you lost an engine an entire speedway engine that hasn't resurfaced since that's got to be expensive and, you know in a speedway engine you're looking thousands and thousands of pounds i don't know five six thousand sometimes that's it's a big thing to lose yeah yeah like i I bought an engine just before I went back home to last year for the Aussie titles and, uh, yeah, pulled it out of the box and put it back in, labelled it up to send home and uh, that was the last I seen of it. I didn't even get to use it. So, yeah, that was a big killer, you know. Uh, it's obviously painful enough to send everything home and, and when one doesn't even make it home, it's, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's the worst nightmare but, you know, we move on and, uh, yeah, I've obviously invested in the little Apple AirTags. They're, they're pretty cool, whacking all the gear and just a peace of mind. If it does go missing, you know you know where it is at least. Apple AirTags to the rescue. Ben Cook of the Pool Pirates is with me on Humans of Speedway. And in the next part, we'll talk about making that move from the other side of the world to Wimborne Road on the way next on Humans of Speedway. Welcome back to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, and in this episode, we're chatting to Ben Cook of the Pool Pirates and the Peterborough Panthers in 2023, and the Pool Pirates captain in 2024, and lining up in the Sports Insure Premiership for... Well, you'll have to wait for that one. (laughs) Not quite yet. Fear not, he will be there somewhere. Uh, We've got some great guests on the way on Humans of Speedway in the coming weeks. The next episode, I can tell you now... 
will be with British Speedway and FIM Speedway Grand Prix referee Craig Ackroyd will be joining us. Craig Ackroyd has presided over some big, big moments in World Speedway. He's seen world champions crowned and, in fact, he prevented a world champion being crowned, actually, in 2023 in some kind of way because he was the referee for that fixture where Bartosz Schmarschlik came out in the wrong race suit. Remember that? So we'll talk about that day and much more besides. Uh, Craig himself um, had a dabble at uh, being a rider in his uh, earlier days. That's where he wanted to be originally rather than a referee. But uh, we'll talk about that in next episode and then the episode after that. Drum roll, please. Don't have a drum, so I've got a table. We have four-time world champion, one of the greatest riders of all time. He is an official FIM legend, Hans Nielsen will be on Humans of Speedway in the coming weeks. Not messing about on Humans of Speedway in this series. We're going right to the top right now to Ben Cook. And Ben, um, we've talked about all what goes on in your early days in Australia as an Australian rider growing up, coming through the ranks and uh, trying to get your shot over here. So you then qualify and Matt Ford's on the phone, uh, somebody who's got a lot of experience with Australian riders over the years. And, uh, you know, put his faith in you and uh, you made that move to Wimborne Road and followed in the footsteps of the likes of Chris Holder and Darcy Ward and many others in the past such as Jason Crump some big big names have ridden in that Pirates race jacket yeah for sure like you mentioned you know so many Aussie boys have had some success here and uh, you know growing up you always seen the pool Pirates and you know everyone kind of wanted to to ride for them and uh yeah, I still still remember. You know, I was at work when I got the when the message, and um, yeah, it was it was awesome. You know, it's a big thing, obviously, to get the message. But then you know, got to put it into context. All right, we got to we got to uh, try and work out how how we're going to do this. You know, obviously, I've moving to the other side of the world, got no bikes, got no got no nothing, nowhere to live. Got it's just you know pretty much saying yes and trying to work it work around that and. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome here. You know, obviously living with Midlow for the last few years uh, and Susie, that yeah, they're awesome. And uh, it's a great place to live down here in Poole. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a home away from home for me, uh, having kind of like the family vibe, you know, you don't, it's a big thing at, you know, at a kind of a young age just to pack up and leave for eight months and <laughs> try and uh, navigate the world and, yeah, but uh, to be honest, it's been awesome. Like I said, living here and uh, and riding for pool, it's it, has, it couldn't have worked out any better to uh, start my my career. Yeah, and then you've got this support as well because you've you've got somewhere to stay. You live with Midlow, with Neil Middleditch and his family, um, and you're not the first Speedway rider to to have done that. Your your brother, of course, is there as well, but. Um, there is also this long history of riders over the years who've stayed at uh, Bailey House, that it's called, and not only lived there, but had their workshops there as well. Um, talking like people like Tony Ricardson to be one, um, you know, Jason Crump, uh, you've got Chris Holder, uh, Darcy Ward, Brady Kurtz, yourself. You know, I'm just picking names off the top of my head here, but they've all lived and uh, had their workshops there. And, you know, it's... Uh, it's a real, there's not a bigger Speedway house, surely in the world, that's got all this Speedway memorabilia all over the place. And you must have some great conversations with Midlow about sometimes in the past. Oh, you know, it's Midlow's got a million, million stories and yarns about everything. And 
like you say, obviously the workshops here of the old uh, the cafe now. It, you know, it used to be uh, even Midlow's workshop back in the day, and I think Chris's at some some point. And uh, but yeah, where I'm in, uh, Darcy was there, uh, Brady was there. You know, all the walls got people signed and everything. Uh, yeah, like you say, the house is just you know full of memorabilia and photos and. It's just a Speedway house, you know, when uh, you think you've heard him all, but he's always got a new one. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, we, you know, we even beyond Speedway, you know, we go playing golf and, you know, it's just a, a kind of a normal normal vibe, you know, and it's not just all about Speedway. you got to have a bit of fun as well. And we go down the pub playing darts, you know. It's, it's, it's good, you know. Um, like I said, it could be so... Could be terrible, jammed up in a little uh, townhouse somewhere, and no workshop, and and no nothing like that. So uh, yeah, I am grateful for for where I am here, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. And um, a former guest on this podcast, going back a few years actually, Scott Mitchell, uh, former darts world champion. He's a big pool pirates fan. He does the commentary on the the live stream. But I gather you've had uh, you've had some darts matches against him as well. Yeah, you know he he loves watching the speedway and. He, he obviously loves being around the pits, and but you know when I I played some darts with him, you know that's when I I was kind of I was impressed, you know. He just picked up some random darts in the at the track there, and uh, he was throwing some one eighties, and it is pretty cool, you know. It's a it's it's a tough tough uh, tougher than what it looks like to throw the perfect darts, but you know obviously he's, he's achieved a lot himself in his career, and uh, it is pretty cool. You know he's obviously loves the speedway and uh, and interested in that. And you know I've watched him play the darts and stuff before, so uh, it was pretty cool to to throw some darts and he can teach me a few tricks because uh, it is tough. <laughs> well, I guess if uh, if it was easy, everybody would be world champion and uh, that's not the case. So you've alluded to a couple of things there then. So that's the sort of stuff that you like to get up to. You sometimes have some quite big breaks between meetings, uh, I suppose, as well. So what are, your, what are your pastimes over here in the UK? Yeah, obviously do the golf uh, whenever I can. That's you know, at the start of the year, we had a bit of time, obviously, like you say, between rain-offs and stuff. But, you know, the last few months, it's been flat chat. I have hardly had a f- many days off between me doing my own bikes as well. Uh, when I did get a day off, it, w- it was good to kind of do nothing. But, um, yeah, even now, it's, this is a time when you c- you got time to do stuff. But, uh, obviously, the weather hasn't been playing much help to that but uh you know there's obviously the bike track out the back um yeah go to the driving range or you know on the push bikes or something but yeah back home in aussie you know do a bit of fishing and stuff like that uh yeah anything really outdoors and looking ahead to 2024 then you're making plans right now obviously you're going back to australia but when you come back you have an idea of of where you're going to be, you're all sorted, and and are you venturing further into into Europe? And is uh, is Poland, as it is with with many Australian riders, sort of uh, increasing in a bit of importance for you now? Yeah, still sorting everything out. To be honest, uh, kind of just wanted to get through this through the last couple of meetings, and then really work out what I've what I've got to do and what what really suits for where I'm going to be at. You know, and uh, hopefully be back at pool. You know, that's 
where I, where I want to be as well in there and um, not sure in the top league yet, still kind of working it all out. But, um, yeah, hopefully something comes up in Poland and uh, that's, you know, ultimately where where I want to be and that's where you got to be if you want to be the best. So, uh, yeah, I just need to get the foot in the door out there and show what I can do. But uh, sometimes it is it is difficult to get out there and show what you can do. But hopefully it happens, you know, sooner rather than later. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously a lot of competition now, but, you know, in Poland, the yeah, extra league, I think, are looking after the, the second tier as well now, aren't they? So they've sort of expanded their their empire, if you like, and the level of competition is, you know, I think the the premiership perhaps here is probably in line with the first division in Poland, would you say? And then really extra league is more like Grand Prix level, isn't it, really, to be fair? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, obviously those trucks out there are big and round and fast and get a good engine under them and uh, away they go. But, you know, most of them second division boys, you put them on a track here in UK and it's it's a different ball game over here in UK. Obviously, you got to learn to ride the bike more, turn the bike. The conditions aren't always the same. It's it's sometimes it's not what you know. It's who you know out there. So it's it is tough to get a job, a job or you know a ride or to show what you can do. But yeah, hopefully it, it does happen for me. You know that's like I said before. That's where I want to be. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. How much do you think your build comes into it? Because there's this thing where people talk about the modern day speedway rider, and obviously you got to be fit and athletic and, and all that kind of stuff. But the weight comes into it quite a lot. And I think it's 68 kilos or something like that around that mark is the ideal sort of bike to weight ratio. And you know, Dan Bewley can tick that box, Emil Saifutinov, Bardos Schmarschlik, and you know, Vadim Tarasenko, just a few riders off the top of my head, who are all sort of, you know, five foot something and fairly slight characters. And and you probably fit that bracket as well. You, you're not the tallest rider and not the heaviest. And that actually is a strength for you in, in this modern era. Every year over there, you know, those boys are trying to come up with something to make the bikes a bit lighter and, you know, every nut and bolts trying to you know, get everything as light as possible to reduce that. Obviously, the tracks are so big and they're trying to come up with that little one percent that someone else doesn't have you know and that's what wins your big meetings world championships you know you got to have something that someone else doesn't have you know and uh but like you say you know like weight to rate weight light what is it weight to ratio whatever it is but uh yeah obviously being so light it's definitely um definitely a, a um a positive for sure you know some of them boys might be 10 kilos heavier than me or, you know, and that's a lot. You put that on the back of a bike and, uh, yeah, you certainly know what's on there. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a positive thing being small, you know. it's uh, Those boys are on proper strict diets trying to get down as little body fat and as, as much as they can and um, where, you know, I'm naturally smaller, so it's definitely a – definitely uh, one up that they that they mightn't have so uh yeah but like i said hopefully uh, in the near future i can get out there and, and show what i can do in theory the the best part of your career is still a few years ahead so looking further down the line then what is the dream for you ben cook in speedway where where do you see yourself and uh you know what's the aim 
Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to be world champion, don't they? Uh, that's every kid's dream. So obviously that's up there. Um, but probably just to ride at the highest level, you know, in Poland and uh, against the best riders, that's probably the next best. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a bit of a stepping stone, a ladder. you got to keep climbing that ladder and each year you keep progressing and uh, hopefully one day, you know, I'll get to that that chance. And uh, But yeah. Just keep crossing the bridges, climbing the ladder and see where we end up. Keep on keeping on. Ben Cook on Humans of Speedway. And in the next part of the podcast, we're going to have a look at how Ben Cook's dream Speedway meeting might look, including his all-time 1-7 to and uh, much more besides. Coming up in the next part of Humans of Speedway. Welcome along to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, and uh, great to have you joining us. Now, if you haven't checked out some of the previous episodes and you happen to be a Pool Pirates fan because you're listening to this Ben Cook episode, there's much more Pool Pirates-based content for you to go at. I mean, fair play. A lot of people have ridden for the Pool Pirates in the past. The previous one to this was with Alan Rossiter. Recently also we've spoken to Danny King, Steve Worrell. Uh, both of those riders actually previous captains of the Pool Pirates as uh, Ben Cook steps into those shoes. Also spoken with Justin Sedgman, Dave Rowe from Eurosports, Adam Roynan and uh, Paul Bowen talking about electric speedway. And you might go, oh, I'm not into all that, all the no noise and no fumes. But uh, find out why you need not fear and uh, why actually it could help produce more talent, just like Ben Cook in the future. Uh, Check that out at your leisure. Many more episodes besides as well. Now, in this final part, and something we've done throughout the podcast, more often than not, not every single time, but most times, uh, we get our guests' dream Speedway meeting and a real sense of, uh, of, of how Speedway would look if they had their choice. So uh, we're going to find out uh, uh, perfect one to seven, uh, dream opposition, and we're going to start by talking about tracks. And Ben, you've ridden many tracks already in your career, but uh, if you were to single out one track, and we're going to have this dream testimonial of yours, on any track based purely on the racing. Don't worry about the other facilities and stuff like that. We're talking just about the track. Where would you have it, Ben? What's your favourite track to race on? Um, well, to be honest, I've only ridden in the in the UK, so I haven't even ridden any of these big, you know, stadium tracks in Poland. But I mean, from looking, and uh, I, I went to Warsaw this year. I, I'd have to say probably that stadium and track and atmosphere would have to be be right up there. Uh, there wouldn't be much better feeling than that. Yeah, well, you're answering the first two questions in one go there. So the Warsaw track from the Grand Prix in the uh, the Narodowy Stadium, as it is, and um, yeah, it's a bit slightly wider than Cardiff's been uh, up until now because I think the Cardiff track is due to be the same dimensions as the Warsaw one this year. So it's going to be wider at Cardiff. There'll be a bit more overtaking chances uh, in 2024. So that's something to look forward to. But I guess when you're into any of those big stadiums with a ludicrous amount of people in 50,000 people cheering on a speedway race, it's uh, it's rare to see, isn't it? Uh, but I guess as a rider, you know, that must be the dream there. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, I went to Warsaw this year and, you know, packed out stadium and... Uh, you know, it, it, half the stadium had white and half the stadium had red. And, you know, when the anthem come on, it looked like a big Polish flag around the stadium and uh, just little details like that was pretty cool. And, yeah, it's all, you know, so compact and small and so many fans just cheering and yelling. So, yeah, like I said, there wouldn't be much 
better feeling as a rider to experience that. So I'd have to say that'd be, you know, that's that'd be your dream setup. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, and hopefully, you know, some, some more venues around the world and maybe in a big stadium in Australia at some point as well. That'd be even cooler, I imagine. Um, let's look at your dream one to seven then, your dream team. Now, no rules, no points limits. Uh, can be any rider from any era, alive or not, and um, you can have seven of them. So, Ben Cook, who's in your dream team? Tough one, isn't it? Um... Probably have to go, go Hancock, uh, Rickardson, Crumpy, Lee Adams maybe as well in there. Yeah, if it's a team set up, probably Darcy and Chris back in the day. They were obviously pretty special to watch as a team, riders. Um, world champion, Smarzik, I suppose. Yeah, we'll whack him, whack him in there. <laughs> I'd say it's not a bad lineup, and it's not a bad pool pirates lineup either. To be fair, is it where you've got um, so Greg Hancock, Crumpy, Tony Ricardson, Lee Adams, Darcy Ward, Chris Holder, and and Bartosz Schmarschlik. It's uh, yeah, it's, I think it might do all right. We'll run that. <laughs> I think it'll, do, it'll go down okay. Right, okay. You're going to change something about Speedway now. You're in charge of British Speedway for a moment. Um, so what would be the thing that you would either do away with or introduce uh, to the world of Speedway? Either either be it British Speedway or World Speedway. What would be the thing? I mean, I mean, back in the day when I was obviously not in the top league, I, I really hated the rising star kind of thing. Uh, in the top league because it was, you know, generally taking a, a job or a position away from someone who was really deserving of it. I mean, in my eyes, if you, you got to kind of earn your ride as it, your ride in the team, and uh, yeah, it was frustrating from back in the day when you could see people that were racing that top league and you knew you were better than them and you couldn't get a, a gig. But that's British; they want to help the British get in, you know, and progress so i understand that as well so you know and I'm, we understand that we're not british we don't you know we don't, we don't they're going to get more opportunities than we are but you know in that sense as well you know i still go back to what i said before if you got to earn your ride if you're not good enough you're not good enough uh and it, it is taking away f- positions from someone who might really deserve it so um yeah i mean there is different leagues for all that you know you got your three leagues so if you're not if you're not up to that standard, you're not up that standard. <laughs> Simple. Okay. Um, let's move on to referees then. Um, you always sort of strike me generally as a safe rider, sort of keep yourself out of trouble and, and go about your business um, without any incident. But uh, do you get on with referees? Is there a particular referee that you would single out that you would uh, you would choose over the rest? No, not really. Like you said, I haven't had too many dramas uh Obviously, had some, you know, calls go against you that you know you might have a bit of an opinion about sometimes. But on the whole front, nah. To be honest, I haven't got any uh, bad words to say. But obviously, there's been a couple decisions, you know, in the last couple finals meetings that have, you know, have been a bit how you going. But you know, at the end of the day, they got to make a decision with under pressure and. Uh, yeah, I, like, I don't have too much to say about it all. Okay, uh, well, you know, best to keep yourself out of trouble where the referees are concerned. Um, finally, um, if you were going to single out an entire team from history uh, that would race against your all-star one to seven, in theory, 
uh, in Warsaw in front of a packed crowd, who would that team be? It could be any complete team from history. Uh, to be honest, like I don't have a you know big knowledge on a lot of teams. Obviously, I've only only been here a few years, but I have seen uh, some some videos that have been here. You know, I found and thrown on and back in 03, 04 of pool and. Uh, I think it might have been 03 was a pretty pretty solid team. I think there was Ricardson, Adams, uh, who else was in there? Maybe Laram. Um, but, yeah, they were a pretty solid team back in the day, so maybe them. Yeah, good side. Ryan Fisher, Gary Stead in there as well. The Pool Pirates 2003, good choice, good choice. And, uh, well, of course, it had to be a Pool Pirates side as well, didn't it? Um, one final question then for you, Ben. Uh, you alluded to this earlier. I know that it is a pastime of yours. Um, can I ask, are you into fish? From Aussie? You can't, I don't think I've known too many from here. Uh, there can be any fish, any fish, and uh, all you've got to do is name as many different types of fish as you can in 30 seconds. Uh, the only rule is uh, no whales and no dolphins. They're mammals, they're not fish. Uh, and so it's 30 seconds on the clock, and um, away you go. Um, if you're ready, we shall begin. Contenders ready. It's the fish game. Okay, go. Carp, yellow belly, silver perch, Murray cod, snapper, whiting, flathead, brim, um, red emperor. Um, oh god, come on! Uh, god, trout, uh, pike. Um, what else we got? Redfin. Shark, it's a fish. I'm going to kick myself over that. I went blank. <laughs> a lot of people go blank midway through. Um, I call it fisherman's block. But, um, hey, you did well. You beat Roscoe from last week. You got 12 fish in 30 seconds, which, um, you know, it's a solid effort. It's a solid effort. It's a benchmark, but, uh, I mean, someone will be that. Yeah, well, we'll see how we go through the course of the season. Uh, but you are currently the leader, so well done, Ben Cook, um, with your twelve fish. We might have to have a go again, another go one day. <laughs> yeah, oh, always chance to come back and, and try your hand again sometime. Um, well, look, thanks for joining us, Ben. It's been great having a chat with you. Um, well done for everything you've achieved so far in the last few years, certainly in the UK, and uh, no doubt onwards and upwards into uh, 2024 and uh, even greater responsibilities with the Pool Pirates as well. Yeah, oh, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's been good, um, but yeah, like you said, it's uh, yeah, dream start and uh, long may it continue. <laughs> Ben Cook of the Pool Pirates and uh, no doubt other locations to be announced in due course on Humans of Speedway. But he'll certainly be lining up for the Pool Pirates in the uh, championship in 2024. And he'll be leading the Pirates as well, donning that famous race jacket as captain next year. So congratulations to Ben Cook. Thanks to you for listening to this episode of Humans of Speedway. Check out some of those previous episodes uh, whenever you can. As I say, there's lots to go through. Um, again, on a, on a pool note, uh, Alan Rossiter, Danny King, Steve Worrell. Um, we've also had uh, Adam 
Roynan, who of course uh, started this season and spent much of the season with the Pirates um, in 2023. Um, also, we've got uh, plenty of interviews from uh, the past couple of years, actually, the likes of Chris Louis, David Howe, who's recently been appointed at the time of recording this as uh, team manager of the Scunthorpe Scorpions, and uh, many others as well. Looking forward, though, we've got more episodes to come here on Humans of Speedway. The next one will be with Craig Ackroyd, um, who's a top British referee and one of the referees on the Speedway Grand Prix circuit as well. And uh, he's had some very big decisions to make in his career, so we're finding out about life in the referee's box in the next one. And then after that, it will be Hans Nielsen, I think. He's certainly on the way soon, uh, so look out for that. That's going to be uh, a mega one. Uh, before the end of 2023 and uh, we'll join you soon on the next episode of Humans of Speedway. Sports Social Podcast Network.